This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is sponsored by The Best Feminine Products. Growing up as women, we have all been raised to take care of ourselves, which is self-care, skin care, but we never really talk about down there care. Finally, a product that takes us and our health into consideration at its utmost importance. Chemical-free and paraben-free, these are so important when it comes to the female body. The products have a light scent to them, and the lavender one that I have tried is exceptional. And can we talk about the packaging? D-Best Feminine products are handcrafted with 100% organic herbs and oils. Their products are made especially for women with sensitive skin. They are hypoallergenic, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pH-balanced, and help with cramping associated with periods and PMS. Make sure to order today at dbestfeminineproducts.com or check out their Instagram listed below. You will not regret it, ladies. Let's start talking about everything self-care and healthcare when it comes to us and our bodies. Welcome to Little Bit of Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tabitha, better known as Little on social media. A lot of you may know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and occasional chats on topics of what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join in that have impacted me along the way. Very little is left off limits. Enjoy on your favorite streaming platform, watch live videos of interviews on YouTube, and let's dive into some topics together. Hey guys, welcome in another episode of Little Bit of Life Podcast with Little. It's where we talk about things that we seem to think but don't say. And I have a very special guest on with me today. She's an Arizona local. Unfortunately, I'm going to be moving soon, but I'm so honored to have her on with us. We're talking about beauty outside the box, what society feels that women should look like, appear like, and how that's changing the closer that we get in the society of being healthy, following nutrition, and what that looks like for every body type. So I want to welcome Monique on with us today. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm excited. Your first podcast and you're on talking about the one thing that you know best out of everyone. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. (laughs) So I have followed you for quite a long time on social media and I have seen your life adapt and grow and change along with your image. It seems to be in the physique world along with bodybuilding. You have to go about such a different aspect of what other people see in the mirror sometimes isn't what you see. So tell us a little about about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Like, were you always into fitness? How did you feel about your body type? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I feel like the typical personal trainer story applies to me where like I was in sports growing up. So yeah, always surrounded by fitness and then fell in love with the kinesiology degree in college and just kind of like um, fell into fitness in the sense of like, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. Someone suggested personal training. I knew I wanted to help people. Fitness was a passion. You know, sports were a passion. And it kind of developed from there. Um, And yeah, then the whole bodybuilding um, part of it came to be because I was actually told I couldn't do it by an ex-boyfriend. And there's no better way to motivate me than telling me I I can't do something. So that kind of also developed over time. And kind of like what you said, it's like when I started fitness, 
there was definitely, I mean, this was 10 years ago, there was definitely an image that I thought I had to portray. And mm-hmm. then as I got more and more into fitness, more and more into bodybuilding, there definitely has become the shift in mentality of, you know, again, defining beauty by what you see in the mirror. You know, there's really societal norms shouldn't be shaping how we see ourselves. And it's a lot easier said than done. You know, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. fucking perfect. You know, I have people who like I'm on peak week. I have people who are telling me like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. And then I look at myself and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not ready. So there's a lot that goes into it, but no fitness has always been kind of a big part of my life. And I'm just happy I can, you know, do it as a career, live my passion, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. We look at society even with, you know, I graduated high school in 2003. I'm aging myself. I'm 37. But I look at what, like, a woman was supposed to look like even then. And, I mean, we went through – there's that documentary about Abercrombie and Fitch, and we had Hollister, mm-hmm. and it was – if you don't fit into a size zero, then you need to basically, the way of the world then was you need to starve yourself. You need to make sure you fit the mold inside the box. And I'm pretty sure all of us, I mean, I was in sports and it was very critical, even our coaches of you're expected to be athletic, look athletic, but still fit inside the box. And you're being compared to everybody else. I'm only five, three. And I was always being compared to women that were like five, nine, five, 10. I'm like, my body frame just isn't looking like them. Why do I not look like them? And then now I feel like there's such a society shift of, you know, if you embrace your curves and you feel good about yourself and that what that's what matters. So how do you feel with society's new normal of what beautiful looks like? How do you feel that the actual fitness world fits into that? So first I have to admit my first uh, real job was at Abercrombie. So definitely, you know, (laughs) obviously experienced a lot of that, but you know, Mm -hmm. the fitness industry is very, I mean, so it's biased in a lot of ways. I mean, it totally depends on what part of the fitness industry also that you look at. There is this huge shift towards body positivity and a huge shift about authenticity, you know, being comfortable in your own skin. But at the same time, there's still the other end of the spectrum where you look at social media and a lot of these girls who have a million followers, they kind of all look the same. You know, again, there's still these unspoken societal pressures that we are supposed to look a certain way. So the fact that we're seeing this shift is awesome, especially as someone who's a lifestyle coach, you know, I'm just like you, I'm 5'1". When growing up, you know, again, just like the Abercrombie documentary and just like, you know, those Victoria's Secret models, they're all six foot, 100 pounds soaking wet stick. You know, when I was in college, I'm like, oh, I want to make sure my ass is as flat as possible. I want to be like, yeah, that stick figure. And to see this shift is awesome. And I still think it's very new. I still think that we have a long ways to go because unfortunately with fitness, it is, uh, there is a judgmental aspect, you know, um, mm-hmm. for bodybuilding, you know, again, I'm getting on stage for someone to tell me, do I look good enough? But there's beauty in the process and there's beauty in, you know, again, when you dig deep and there's a lot of introspection, you realize that you're doing this for yourself. You know, there is a beauty in that journey of, you know, again, creating something that you're proud of. Um, as a lifestyle coach, it's nice to see this shift because I train a lot of women who aren't, you know, six foot, they're working moms, you know, um, they are even, even guys, I mean, it's not just women, you know, Mm -hmm. they 
don't have the body shape of these people and or even are genetically capable of looking like a lot of these people. So to be able to help, you know, enhance this body positivity and being comfortable in your skin shift is very beneficial because we're all unique in our own ways. We're all going to look the way we look. It's about building upon and making the best version of what we are. Mm -hmm. I like that. I always love the term going to the gym and being surrounded by women and being surrounded by men because it's not something that's just strictly for women and, you know, body positivity. It's something that men really struggle with. I mean, when we look at society, it was like you said, oh, well, I want my ass back then to be as flat as possible. I want to be as thin as possible. And now we've completely shifted to like the bigger, the better. I mean, there's people that are going under the knife to just get, you know, butt implants and inject fat from, you know, their thigh into this area and that area. So it's amazing to me to see the shift of what we used to think was beautiful or attractive and appeasing for men. And that's the main thing that we're doing this for is I'm always amazed when you go into the gym and all of these men always state like, you know, well, I don't find muscle to be attractive. I've heard it 5 million times. But then on the flip side, there's always there's always someone for someone. Like that's always what I try and tell people. And you have to look in the mirror and really love who you are. You cannot build these type of bodies with money. You just can't. It's time, it's dedication, it's commitment. But with that, how has that affected your mental health? Because we always talk about mental health on this podcast. How has that kind of affected what you show people on social media of, hey, like I'm in peak week or, hey, look at me. And, you know, you've done these amazing photo shoots, but what does the fitness community really do to your mental health? Oh, yeah. the <laughs> Where do I begin with that? I mean, I've been on my own mental health journey for the last year. Today's actually a very special and emotional day. It was a year ago today that I didn't know if I was still going to be sitting here today. So it's been now exactly a year that I am embarked on this mental health journey, you know, got diagnosed bipolar, you know, anxiety, depression, and have been starting a lot of that introspection. Um, I don't want to say the sole cause was these pressures from the fitness industry, but it definitely played a role. Um, Starting out again, yeah, social media makes it look like you have to live a certain lifestyle, present yourself a certain way, you know, again, like it's a highlight reel. Social media plays a huge role in that. And I was the queen of putting on a mask. I was the queen of being like, oh my gosh, look, everything's fine. I'm constantly positive. My life is perfect. I would only showcase when my husband and I were good, when I was having a good day. So it's, you know, again, all that does play into you know, again, how we view ourselves. So ever since the embarking on this mental health journey and being able to truly look at myself in the mirror, it's been very eye-opening in the sense of, you know, just realizing that I am different and I am unique and the more authentic, the more relatable and the more vulnerable I am, the more, one, I'm living my truth, and two, you know, it's just, it's easier to connect with people. You know, people, I'm seeing more and more people aren't just posting a highlight reel on social media anymore. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love that. So yeah, no, the, the you know, looks and, you know, again, these pressures of us looking a certain way and mental health, I mean, they definitely go hand in hand. Social media can mm-hmm. be great, but social media can also be one of our greatest downfalls in that sense. 
So Mm -hmm. no, it's, it definitely goes very much hand in hand. (laughs) With being in the fitness community, I mean, you're running a business, you and your husband, you support each other. And like you said, I like how you're like, you know, I showed when we were good. We're human beings. We're meant to not be alone. But when you kind of combine your passion with somebody else's passion and you're going through those peak weeks of, hey, I'm really great or I'm starving, you know, I'm moody, I'm crabby, like, you know, I don't feel good about myself. You're seeing all your other competitors and comparing yourself to them. How does it work with a spouse that's in the same industry that, I mean, do you guys obviously support or is it something that sometimes you're competitive or do you kind of push each other in a positive way or you want better for each other's bodies, but you don't see how you are through each other's eyes? Oh, absolutely. That also has, you know, obviously, you know, evolved over time. We, in the very beginning, we bonded over the fact we both did fitness competition. So we would prep together. I wouldn't say it was ever a competition, but it definitely affected our relationship in the sense that it was hard to support each other. I am very lucky in the sense that Ty is my number one fan. He's my biggest supporter. He's my foundation. But we had to learn one of us can only prep at a time. We always supported each other. But again, we can't show up for each other if we both are depleted you know, not eating carbs, you know, doing hours Mm -hmm. of cardio. So that's just, it's been about just working with each other. I would say like, we've always supported each other. Again, I feel very fortunate in the sense that we have a very, very stable relationship in that aspect. But going back to the mental health, it's been both of us, you know, again, working with each other. And we come to those forks in the road, you know, deciding, are we growing together? Are we growing apart? That's what's made us stronger over time. Um, and we, we are not afraid to talk about it. I always like to think I'm an open book. Ty now posts more about, he sees a therapist. I see a therapist. We work together. You know, I've been trying my goal this year was to be more vulnerable with, Hey, look, I'm, I'm not perfect. I have bad days, you know, and Ty and I have bad days. One of, I remember this post I made and it was, we went on a trip and I just put like, Hey, these pictures look awesome, right? We went to Mexico, you know, we had a great time, but behind these pictures, we had one of the worst arguments of our entire life. And it was that post right there that made me realize because the feedback that I got that everyone's like, thank you, because people don't talk about it, you know? So Mm -hmm. long story short, it's just been, there's been a huge evolution with how we support each other. Um, Again, we don't view each other as competition. We're both very different with our goals, he, with even how we think about business. So we've just learned how to balance each other out. Mm-hmm. I like that you state that you're being more vulnerable because like you said, it's a real, it's something that is edited. We've talked about this with my last guest that I had on that's really big on TikTok and social media. We as creators, because it's our content that we're creating to the outside world, we're only showing you a glimpse of our life, a moment, and it's, we don't really usually like to show the bad. We show the good, and especially when we're dealing with mental health, it's something that not only we have to kind of realize within ourselves, like, hey, this is something that maybe I'm off balance, I need to work on. But I feel that the more we talk about mental health, also in the fitness community, that's really important to make it seem more normal. Everyone is different, but everyone has a different struggle, but it's not something to be ashamed about. I love that you're stating like, you know, Ty goes to therapy, you go to therapy, you 
weren't sure even a year ago where you would be today. And it's something that the more we talk about it and realize, hey, you know what, this is an issue. I mean, in the fitness community, I feel like it's such an overrated thing of it's never enough. You always want more. You're always achieving more. You get to that peak goal and it's like, okay, well, if my body can do this, can I push it further? But also you're pushing your mental health further every single step that you go. Absolutely. Yeah. The the great thing that therapy has taught me is, yeah, because progress, whether it's in relationships, life, fitness, it's not linear. There's going to be ups and downs. Obviously, our primary goals have that upward trajectory, you know, striving for progress. But that goes back to now society has put this again, unspoken norm or pressure that we have to be perfect. Again, portraying a certain life. You know, it's not just working nine to five anymore. Oh, if you take a nap, you're lazy. Oh, if you, you know, again, just there's certain things that we push and push and push and we tire ourselves out. And then we wonder why mental health is on the rise. We wonder why more people are depressed. We wonder why, you know, again, there's this increase in people just being unhappy, you know? Um mm-hmm. Society does play a huge role in that. And I definitely, you know, would say that in regards to working in that, in the fitness industry, you know, again, we need to preach that, again, this progress isn't linear. You know, again, Mm -hmm. we are going to see those dips. We are going to, you know, again, have those struggles. So being able to, you know, put on social media, like, hey, this is kind of like really how it is. It definitely also keeps me in check in the sense mm-hmm. of, you know, yeah, I'm human too. We're we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. So on this podcast, the motto is always what we seem to think but don't say. And what better person to have on to, to talk about this and have it be very open? Um, I did a poll. And of course, I always do this before I do different podcast episodes. And talking about fitness, I have female friends of mine that are competitors and trainers, and then I have males. And it seems to be that it's socially acceptable for men to take enhancements to better their physique. But when a woman does it, it's this immediate like, how dare you? Why can't you just do nutrition? Why can't you do it on your own? And it comes to a point where there's only so far that the female body can go versus a male. So on this topic for listeners that, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going to call you guys out. There's some men that are on here like, well, why do women need that? What is your take on this, especially with what you do as a career and with relationships? Like, what is your viewpoint on that? So again, I'm an open book, obviously as a bodybuilder to get to the pro level, you know, I've had to take, you know, some extracurricular supplementation. And again, if clients Mm -hmm. even ask me, I am very transparent. I do not push that upon anyone. It is completely a choice. If someone, you know, wants to go that direction, the reason why we open the wellness center is because we're going to do it in the most healthy way possible. We're going to make sure your hormones are in check. But no, as a woman, it all boils down to, again, just our, you know, our genetic makeup, you know, the biochemistry, we just aren't naturally, you know, um, made to put on that kind of muscle. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some women out there that genetically can put on muscle. I've always Mm -hmm. admired that when people can be as natural as possible, but to get to a certain leanness, because again, women genetically, we have more fat, you know, to get Mm -hmm. to a certain musculature. Unfortunately, that's kind of part of it. Um, I love when people, you know, again, 
do call try and call me out on that like oh your voice is deeper or oh I, I the only way you look like that is by taking stuff first of all it's like well yeah like not going to deny it but second mm-hmm. it's like this is my choice it has no bearing on you it has no bearing on anybody else if you don't agree with my choice then that's fine you know you are going to have your own you know again narrative or thought process or feelings about it but that's not going to affect what I do to my body um, mm-hmm. it is funny how there is a, you know, kind of like a double standard that men are okay to do this, but women aren't. And, you know, I do hope that, that changes because it's a part of, you know, again, when you get into that niche of bodybuilding, it's a part of it, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunate that it's a part of it, but it is, you know, um, mm-hmm. so it's very interesting to see that, you know, women get called out more. Um, but again, I do feel like, again, there's a shift of, again, certain th- things being more acceptable. Mm-hmm. With your business, um, being here in Arizona, and I love how you say that you started this wellness because you want to make sure that hormones are in check. If we have a listener right now that maybe it's just like, I've done everything that I can. I'm doing everything impossible with nutrition and, you know, I'm watching everything that I'm eating and I'm depleting here and I'm adding carbs here and I'm, but my body is just not getting where I want it to be. If that we have somebody that's a female that's listening, but maybe too, they may just be too embarrassed or too afraid. Maybe they have a partner that doesn't approve of it. What would be your advice for somebody who's listening of here is my opinion of how to do it in a healthy, safe way? Because we know there's a lot of different ways out there. Let's be real. That's just the fast track of take this. It's cheap. Do this, do this. But it's like, what is your advice for someone who's listening that may be completely new to that world? Absolutely. We are all about not just health, but the longevity of health. You're, there is a foundation that you need to have in order to see the results in the gym. You could have the perfect workouts, but you could have the perfect nutrition you know, plan. You could be doing the right amount of cardio. You could be doing everything, quote unquote, perfectly. But if your genetics are in it, or not genetics not genetics, if your hormones aren't in check and your gut health in general, it's going to deter and be very hard to see, you know, what you want to see in the gym. Um, For example, I was diagnosed with low testosterone. When you hear low T, again, you automatically think, oh, that's for guys. It's actually very Mm -hmm. common in women. Testosterone helps to build muscle. You're not going to build that muscle unless your hormones are balanced and everything. So again, we have the wellness side attached to the gym because they go very hand in hand. You know, if our gut health, so again, getting, you know, food sensitivity, food allergy tests, you know, again, looking at your microbiome, you know, I have clients who are going, who have SIBO, which is again, that um, bad bacteria buildup, and then it can lead to like leaky gut. So we're not absorbing the nutrients. If that's going on, then yeah, we're not going to, it doesn't matter what food we put in our body, our body's not going to utilize it. It's not going to be um, efficient. You know, it's not, we're not going to utilize it properly. So my, whenever I get a new client, whenever I get someone reaching out to me, my first two questions are, have you ever had a food sensitivity, allergy, microbiome test? Have you seen a gut health doctor? And two, more importantly, when was the last time you got your hormones checked? Most people, their answer is, oh, about like a year or two ago. Every now and then you do get someone where doctors and physicians do push, you know, obviously getting hormones checked more frequently, but it is unfortunately a rarity, which to me is very surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's my first 
piece of advice. Let's lay that foundation. Let's make sure everything inside is working before we attack the outside. Cause I can only see so much, you know, we could mm-hmm. do an in-body test and get your body fat, but I don't know what's going on inside in order to help us go in that right direction. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that there's almost like a peak moment where, I mean, I see it all the time. It's, it's always that start of the new year. Everybody has this goal of, you know, I'm going to get back into fitness. I'm going to eat healthy. And then we always see it in the gym and, you know, February, March, they start to fall off. What is your advice for those that are like, you know what? I just don't know if this is going to be my new year's resolution. I always tell people it doesn't have to be the start of a new year for you to change your body. Like you said, from the inside out. Your inside, your health is super important. So if it's not for listeners of, hey, I want to be a bodybuilder, I want to be a competitor, do it for yourself. Because Mm -hmm. it's amazing to me what internally, organ-wise, and deficiencies actually affects the brain and anxiety, depression. I know with myself, I mean, I was talking to a girlfriend last night, and she's like, I'm, you know, I'm a stress eater. When I get stressed and overwhelmed with life, I eat. And I'm like, I'm opposite. I literally have no appetite. I starve. So it's, it's something where you, for listeners, you don't have to be listening to this episode and thinking, oh, well, this doesn't apply to me because I'm not looking to be a bodybuilder. I'm not looking for, you know, to, to peak my body as much as possible. We're, we're talking about mental health and women knowing and understanding your body from the inside out. So what do you have to say for those that are going to probably come around in January and think, oh, well, I'll just wait. I'll just put it off. Well, health should be a year round and a lifelong you know, goal. It should always be at the forefront. You know, at the end of the day, we're in our body. We have one life to live. We are here. You know, again, we're putting forward forth our best self. We can't put our best self forward, be there for ourselves, show up for work, show up for other people. If we're not feeling good, you know, if we're chronically fatigued, another test that, you know, again, I always like to push our micronutrient tests. You know, if we're deficient in micronutrients, we're not putting, you know, again, the right, you know, vitamins and nutrients in our body, you know, again, we're not going to be able to maybe show up for those other New Year's resolutions. So mm-hmm. for those, you know, embarking on the New Year's resolutions, and my, it's all about mindset. You know, I, my first, you know, thought is, well, let's shift that train of thought. And instead of being like, oh, health is a New Year's re- resolution, let's make it a lifelong goal. Let's make it a constant work in progress. You know, health shouldn't just be kind of like you were talking about like yo-yo dieting, right? dieting shouldn't mm-hmm. just be like when we feel like it health shouldn't just be when we feel like it you know we put going back to society it pushes us to oh you need to work you need to work you need to work well what about showing up for us self-care is a huge part of mental health part of self-care is taking care of our health so again for listeners who are you know wanting to maybe start on their health journey or you know embark and make this a quote-unquote new year's resolution it would be, let's change the mindset to, it's not just a resolution. This is a lifelong journey. This is a lifelong goal. At the end of the day, uh-huh. I'm not just a bodybuilder. I'm also a lifestyle client myself. I don't just bodybuild year round. You know, after this year, after my next show, I might take a break from competing for a while. So I'm going to focus on my health, which I do year round, but I'm going to focus on making sure, yeah, my hormones coming out of prep are, you know, taken care of and are in check. You know, I am going to take some micronutrient tests. I'm going to go ahead and find a healthy maintenance weight. So competitors are in the same boat. 
the off season, mm-hmm. in season, whatever, we are also at the end of the day trying to strive for a healthy lifestyle. So it's that shift in mindset to this is a lifestyle, not just a resolution, not just a goal. Mm-hmm. For people that follow you on social media, we always see the fitness. We always see the gym, especially in your stories. We always see all of your clients and we always see this almost like funny, simple, laid back version of you. So we're going to kind of dive into this for listeners who are like, oh, I'm, I'm listening because I know her. I feel like I know her. <laughs> what is it like working with your spouse? Like, how does that work in like the home front of, do you guys make sure that like you're kind of saying hi bye do you guys make sure that you still have your space how is this working with your spouse yes um good question (laughs) i and i are i know we're a rarity you know again i have clients or friends who'd be like oh my god if i worked with my spouse i would absolutely kill them and don't get me wrong in the beginning because when we first started dating, I worked at a different health club and then he was wanting, he was actually working in finance. We decided to come together because he did training on the side. We're like, you know, we want to do this together. So when we actually first opened, I was still working my other job. When we first started, when I quit that and I wanted to build the business full time, it was hard. We definitely, I mean, again, I wish I was so much more vulnerable back then because we went through some shit. I'm like, we uh-huh. had arguments. We were with each other 24 fucking seven. When um, we first opened, we were in a small 1500 square foot studio. I mean, there was no room for me time. Like we were constantly on top of each other. So it's taken time. Um, The beauty of where we're at now is, again, through, talked about the evolution of our relationship, through communication, through, again, learning that we do need our me time, we do need our space. You know, we've kind of created a really symbiotic environment that's conducive to making sure that our health of our relationship is also put at the forefront. If I'm having a day, and you tell him, hey, I'm having a day, and he might give me more space during the day. You know, as soon as we come home, I actually, we kind of actually break apart because we, we carpool, right? So we come home, we actually, he comes into his office, um, I might go take a shower, and then we kind of recharge, and now we can show up for each other and spend time together. That's not like, oh my God, I saw you all day. Like, I don't want to be next to you. Yeah. Um, but the the nice thing is, so now, now with our facility, you know, it's, oh my gosh, like 12,000 square feet or whatever the case may be. And so even though we're with each other all day, it's not like we're with each other because we'll be at completely separate ends. You know, we'll be in the gym, but he'll be off with his clients on one end. I'm on the other end. So there's been an evolution. Um, but I, I feel very lucky. I feel very fortunate Um, again, I get to work with my best friend every single day, but it boils down to a lot of communication, a lot of understanding each other's even love languages. I Mm -hmm. am a words of affirmation. So he knows throughout the day to come up and be like, Hey babe, I love you. I'm proud of you. He's physical touch. I come up and I hug him throughout the day, give him a kiss. So it's been a lot of, you know, again, just understanding what each other needs. The me time aspect took a while. Like (laughs) we do everything together. We have the same group of friends. We have the same hobbies, obviously the same job. So honestly, it's been this past year that we really have emphasized, okay, time apart is healthy. Um, We have a second corporate location in the Biltmore and he goes there twice a week and I stay at Tempe five days a week. 
So those two days apart have, uh, at first it was hard for him to be like, oh, you want space from me, but it's actually made our relationship better on those days. Mm -hmm. Like, so Tuesday was yesterday. Right. And so he came home and we had all these stories to tell each other. Like, oh, let me tell you about this conversation. Oh, this happened today. So it does kind of create a little bit more normalcy in the relationship. So now again, we definitely have that space, but he's a goofball. He keeps life interesting. (laughs) So um, there's no, there's no dull moment at work. Do you feel with your personalities, like you said, he's more of like a goofball. Do you feel that he's bringing that playful side out in you? Do you feel you're more the serious of like, you know, I'm a businesswoman and I have goals and I need to get things done. And, and you think very focused versus he's like, cause I know with my relationship, I think that way I'm very business oriented. I'm very like, you know, I wake up, I have my color coded schedule. I'm almost OCD. And if things go out of sort, even a little bit, then he's always the one to be like, it's okay. We got this. And he kind of brings that playful side out in me because with mental health and just being a female and expectations of society, it's always, you know, as women, we don't want to admit that we have ourselves almost higher than everybody else's expectations. And we don't want to fail, whether it's relationships, business, ourselves are finding time in the day just to be normal or feel normal outside of social media expectations. Do you feel he kind of brings that playful side out of you? Absolutely. So You and I are very, very similar. I have my type A personality. I have my schedule. I'm very, very, my, I live, eat, breathe by my schedule. You know, I will literally schedule time, like from this time to this time, this is when I work out. I'm getting my IV bag at this time. I'm training people at this time. Cardio's at this time. I mean, it's like literally like I'm the same way. Ty definitely like, yeah, I'm very like, you know, analytical. He's very creative. Um, But Because of that one, we balance each other out. It's been really nice Mm -hmm. because he has all these grand business ideas. He's definitely the one that has really, really, really put the business into motion, but I keep him organized. So to answer the question, he has brought out that playful side of me. Um, When we first started dating, I definitely took myself a lot more seriously and I was a lot Mm -hmm. more serious and he's helped me again, embrace like, Monique, you're quirky. Monique, like, you know, you do have this side of you that, because again, we're always, we have a fear of failure, but we also have a fear of rejection. So Mm -hmm. if you are a certain way, you know, again, you see these people on social media and unfortunately, for whatever reason, you don't see a lot of people being goofy. I don't know why. (laughs) Kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, like, you know, again, it's like that little bit, like these perfect little personalities. And the reason why he and I feel like have been successful is because we just were ourselves, you know, but he definitely was the one to bring that out of me because I was very much so more like, yeah, like, you know, straight line inside the box, you know, can't veer from that. So mm-hmm. he definitely has helped me in a lot of ways. I like to think of myself as a um, extroverted introvert. You know, mm-hmm. when in, in situations, I will be very kind of like closed off to myself. I observe, I kind of get my bearings about me but when I'm comfortable. He's helped me to realize like, okay, you can be yourself. And if someone doesn't like it, they don't like it. I mean, it's just, it's been, um, it's been cool to see how him being himself has helped grown this beautiful community that we have. Mm-hmm. 
with us that have followed you on social media, we've seen everything from the business changing and then you planning this beautiful wedding and then kind of figuring out how to be newlyweds and still be business partners. And then, like you said, your community of friends, you all have, you know, you go to all these amazing festivals, but like we said earlier, it's, you're allowing us into that portion of your life. Um, I love, especially a lot of listeners are agreeing as well. We love that you're being raw and vulnerable. A lot of the posts that have been recent, you're talking about mental health and you're making it known like, Hey, you know what? I'm not perfect. What you see in a picture, I'm not perfect. So when you look in the mirror or when you look at pictures, what is your favorite part about yourself? That's a really good question. I want to say usually, usually the pictures I do choose to post, I purposely choose the ones where I know in that moment I was genuinely in that moment. You know, there's a lot of pictures where they're forced. It might be a great picture of Ty and I, but we might not have been good in that picture. So it's what was happening behind the scenes of that picture that I think is my favorite part. You know, looking at that picture and being like, I was genuinely happy. I genuinely felt what I am writing about. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to be fake. I don't ever want to, you know, again, have someone be like, oh, you're posting something, but you can't back that up. So I guess, you know, again, seeing a smile and being like, that was a genuine smile, being happy in that moment. I was genuinely happy in that moment. So I just try and be very selective now with the pictures that I post because again, in the past I would have posted something and it would have been just for show. You know, Ty and I may not have been good, but I've been like, oh my God, we have the best trip ever. So it's just, I think it's what's going on behind the picture that is my favorite part. Mm -hmm. You touched on this at the very start that it was a very rough time a year ago and today is a very special day. So if you could record something, because this is going to go, we're on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, Google, Audible, anything that you can listen to a podcast, we're on it. And this is where it's going to air. I'm going to follow up with you in a year from now, because this is a huge day today for you of where you were a year ago. So if you could tell the future you in a year right now, where you want to be, considering where you've come from, what would you say to her in a year from now? In a year from now? I just hope that, you know, she continues to hold the mirror up to herself. She continues to work on that introspection to become the better version of herself, primarily for herself, not just for her husband, not just for her friends, but to continue just, you know, again, continuing to improve every single day, even if it's in the most minuscule way. Um, I hope in a year from now, she is happy, not just because of maybe the money in her account, not because of the material things she has, not because of the memories that she has, but because she's generally happy in her own skin. Hmm. Well, I always follow up with guests. Um, I have one that was a veteran and, and I asked him a very big question because we're always big with social media. We're big on posting. We're big on being there for the community, talking about mental health. So I want to ask you the same question because I'm going to follow up with him in the next couple of weeks. Um, he had a six month time period. What do you consider normal? Again, that's a really good question. I actually don't think I have a definition because what might be normal today, I might not think is normal tomorrow. You know, that is a very, you know, again, it's not normal's not linear. You know, again, when I with normal, you know, looking at a year ago, 
I thought I had to be perfect. And now my normal is it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to be in a depressive state for a few days. I mean, so normal, I feel like is very um, particular to the person. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of like what what you want to shape your life to be. What is normal? Again, the definition of normal should be what you want it to be. So I don't know if I have a real like, you know, set definition of what normal is, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. I always ask people this question because we went live um, on another platform and we had talked about what normal looks like. And I think it's different. Each kind of category that you get into in life um, with veterans, normal is considered talking about PTSD, but not talking about certain mental health. In the fitness community, normal can be whether you're on the spectrum of all natural, whether you're wanting to do supplements, whether you're wanting to help your body. So I think asking that question is crucial because it's someone that, like you said, you want to be healthy from the inside out. And I think that is crucial to get listeners to understand why we're doing this episode and Topic. It's it's titled literally beauty outside the box because for how many decades have women been placed in this box of this needs to be your waist size, this needs, but then it's like instantly they shift what those measurements and requirements are to be in the box. So the reason we're doing this is because not everybody looks as they appear on social media, you know. <laughs> And like she said, you know, we're, we're going to have days where it's okay to, to live in depression. There's days that it's okay to fall off the wagon, as we say, but there's days that you have to get back up and realize that you are your own worst critic. And as long as you're making goals and steps ahead, that's all that matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things where with normalcy, you know, again, you you look at social media and what might be normal, like, you know, image wise for one person of, you know, some people still want to be a hundred pounds soaking wet. Some women do want to have those extra beautiful curves. Some women do want to be muscular. Some women want to be natural. Some women want to use enhancements, you know, some want to be competitors, not competitors, you know, um, some women want to be moms. Some women don't want to be moms. So, Choosing what your normal is is so important because, again, it also showcases that you're comfortable in your own skin. You know, it's Mm -hmm. showcasing that you're comfortable with your life and just embracing what your norm is, what your normal is. Um, You know, because, yeah, why I look at even some of my friends and what's normal for them is not normal for me. I'm not going to look like my friends. I'm not going to have the same career as my friends. I'm not going to have the same relationships, even the same thought processes. So it's embracing each other's normal too and understanding where everyone's coming from. That is also really important. Um, Mm -hmm. We tend to be very focused on ourselves. And I think the more that we open our eyes to there's other ways of thinking. There's other ways of viewing certain things and embracing that even though I might not agree with you or I might not adapt that myself, but I'm going to accept that and I'm going to work with you on it and I'm going to mold myself to, you know, again, be there to support your normal. You know, that's so important too. Mm-hmm. To close out this episode, I want to touch on your business. I, for anyone that's local in Arizona that's listening and they're like, man, I really I really need to get my life in gear, but I don't know where to start. Let's brag about this amazing company that you and your husband have built. Like, Where can people find you? Social media information. What are you about? 
Yeah. So we are Titan Wellness um, that we used to be just Titan Fitness. We actually started off trying to be just a bodybuilding gym because Ty and I are both competitors Um, through the competitions. You know, again, I went through my hormone imbalances. I went through some, you know, gut health issues. I have injuries and I found myself and Ty and I both, we were running all over town, you know, getting massage over here, hormone checked over here, you know, and it's just, it's so hard to find the time to fit all of this in. So literally it was just a conversation we had in the car and, you know, we, I was like, why can't everything just be under one roof? Like, why, why do I have to run all over town? And Ty was like, say no more. So we got a naturopath, we got a chiropractor, got a massage therapist, and it kind of grew into, again, more of this wellness and a more holistic, um, you know, facility. So from Titan Fitness and again, getting more into the lifestyle side of coaching turned into Titan Wellness. And now again, we're kind of like your one-stop shop for all things fitness, health, wellness related. You know, we offer testosterone replacement therapy, IV therapy, massage, physical therapy, um, you know, I do spray tans, we have aesthetics like Botox and fillers, you know, and then of course we have the personal training and, you know, again, it's like you said, feeling good and looking good from the inside out. So all of it kind of plays together. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm really proud of what we built and I hope, cause I hope that this is a facility that people want to mimic or people want to, you know, again, adapt to. And I, we are seeing more and more gyms starting to incorporate certain aspects of it. And because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of trainers, a lot of health professionals, they know to get hormones checked. They know all this stuff, but they don't emphasize it. So the fact that it works together, obviously, so it's so important. I hope that we see this shift in more places popping up like what we've created. Um, so we have two locations. One is in Tempe off the 143 in University. And the other one is our corporate location in the Biltmore. We are hoping to expand into the East Valley very, very soon. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, we house everything under one roof. So and we're always looking to add new services and, you know, expand and grow and, you know, collaborate with other people and with stuff that we don't offer. So we like to think Mm -hmm. of ourselves as a community, not just a, you know, wellness facility. For those that are listening that may think, you know, oh, well, I go and I look at her social media, or I look at ties, or I look at people that are affiliated with the two of you in your community. And I don't look like that. So I don't really want to go somewhere and be judged for how I look or wellness or anything like that. Watch her stories, watch Ty's stories, watch what they're posting, because like this episode is you're not in a box when it comes to her business. And it's something that I always state, don't ever be ashamed of where you are. Be focused on where you can get to and where you want to be. So if you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? I haven't stepped a day in the gym. I don't know what I'm doing. That's what they're there for is to be supportive and be a community and go through things with you. I love the stories you post in the gym because you'll see people of all sorts and the dog is there and it's literally (laughs) like a family community feel of don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid to ask questions because that's how we learn and that's how we grow. So I'll put all your information with your business in the bio. I highly encourage everybody go message her, check them out, stop by, make an appointment. It's never too late to start your future because it starts now. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Little Bit of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow today's episode on your favorite listening platform and share these stories to more that need to be in the know. Get in on the action with the podcast Facebook and follow the little adventures on Instagram at little cute one AZ. I'll catch you on the next episode.